Right, and welcome to the ninth episode of the Football Index podcast. And today I'm joined by Footy Index LDN, and I've been told that it stands for London. So nice to have someone, you know, closer to home doing this podcast with me. And uh, why don't you introduce yourself, LDN? Uh, yeah, so uh, Twitter handle is Footy Index LDN. Um, first heard about uh, football index probably I think it was November 2015 um, made a work told me about it um, made my first trade in December 2015 bought myself to Douglas Costa uh, um, didn't really put any serious money in there until until at the start of this year really and I kind of um, reaped the benefits of, of taking a plunge yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So your mate they introduced you to Football Index, is he, is he still on the index? Yeah, so initially he went a little bit bigger than me. Um and he, he probably made he, he was he was trading risk free within about six months and his his portfolio now is about two grand. Oh, fair, um, fair. But yeah, initially he went quite big and was bragging about all the um all the benefits and stuff and it, it just got <laughs> to a point where I was like, I've got all this money sitting in a saving account. I can't be having this, so uh, I went for it. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, you know, what is the expression that um, fortune favours the brave? And a lot of people <laughs> that have jumped on Football Index really early have, as you said, reaped the, reaped the benefits and reaped yeah, the rewards 100%. and done really well. So yeah. uh, I think the main topic of conversation in the last few weeks has been the IPOs. Mm-hmm. And um, I also wanted to talk about you know the the rise in prices in some of these players that were linked in the summer yeah and uh just wanted to know some of your thoughts on that so i kind of kind of feels like we're in like a transfer bubble like people are just taking money out of certain holds and putting it into transfer potential transfer players and hoping that they can either you know, flip them for good profit, or hopefully they actually make the move and they make themselves some really big money, considering what we saw over the summer. So, what what are your some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, the I think I, I noticed that around about the start of this month, the end of last month, that the players like um, Van Dyke, Barkley, um, the players that everyone was saying were were overinflated in the summer, started to creep up again. So, I I didn't jump on players like that last summer because I had. I had that um, opinion that they shouldn't have been that high, but I know what the index is like now. So I, mm. I saw those players start to rise, and I, I jumped on them straight away. And then, as a few players kept on rising, I thought, okay, it's time to do a little bit of research. So I just kind of I looked into whose players' contracts were expiring at the end of this season, the end of next season, because we know that that's where the uh, the press get all of their transfer rumours from. And uh, thanks to the benefits of having the squad opened up, I was able to buy a few players that uh, I wouldn't normally have been able to buy and kind of benefited from that. Um, but I, personally, I, I only really see the potential transfer room of players continuing to rise leading into, into January. Mm, yeah, I tend to agree. Whatever you think about those prices, and I personally think some of them are absurd already but you're right that some of them will continue to rise just due to the hype i remember 
one of them that I tried to trade in and out of last summer was Virgil van Dijk when he actually, um, you know, when he actually put his transfer request out there on uh, on social media, that, that gave him a nice price bike for about 25, 30p and I was able to trade in and out of that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I felt quite guilty, got to like two, <laughs> two pounds plus. I was like, this is absurd. Whoever's bought them off me, I feel bad for them because that is a hefty price to play to pay for Virgil van Dijk even if he went to United I think that was that was a crazy price but he did actually start winning some dividends didn't he he got a couple APs in there and um, it it, it all depends to be fair I mean we've seen it just just to move on slightly from transfers we've seen it with the the young English players that have come up yesterday Foden and Sancho both who don't really even play too much for their respective clubs and they're they're there's some absolutely mad prices, but I think it, the you know the thinking behind it is, I think people have bought and said you know he could decrease ten p in the next six months, but what could he be in a year and a half? And yeah. personally, I don't think it's, yeah, it's like um, like people have different strategies, don't they? I mean, yesterday I was, I was lucky enough to be able to jump on a few of the IPOs, and I got on I, I did get on Foden pretty low. Um, and then, like, kind of linking into what you said about Van Dyke being two pound twenty-five, when I saw that he'd flown up to one pound thirty, my eyes lit up, and I was like, "There is no way I can hold this kid at, at one pound thirty, considering all of the other opportunities available in the index at the moment." But it's not necessarily the wrong thing to. But some some people prefer that long-term hold, don't they? Um, it's not not something that I kind of do too much, but you never know in in two years' time. When you see people with these with these super low prices getting all these dividends, when they're you know throwing up those screenshots, people getting a bit jealous about it. Type thing, they they could be um they could be those people. So mm-hmm. and also those screenshots could be could be pushing people to try and get early on these young players that could potentially be superstars. So linking into that, yeah, I think people have probably looked at people with I don't know like one pound fifty averages on Pogba and thought well. He knew he was going to be massive. Like, what, why don't I get on Phil Foden really early? Kind of uh, logic behind it. But yeah, those. I think back to your point about um, when you realised Phil Foden was one pound thirty, and you you yeah. wanted to sell. I think that's quite an important thing because I think you always have a you always have a decision to make on any hold that you have. Yeah. I think when you go through your portfolio daily, I don't know. I, I always say that most of my football index time is spent when I'm on the toilet, you know, <laughs> on, on, on the on the iOS app. That's I find that very good. Or or like on a bus to work. Yeah, Those are the two yeah. times when I'm like, you know, when when I'm able to actually trying to like go through my portfolio one by one and actually make decisions. Am I going to buy more of this player, sell him, or keep him? And I think there's always a decision to make whatever you think you should, you know, systematically look through your portfolio and think, is this player overpriced? Another question you should ask yourself, would I buy this player if I didn't own it? Which is quite an important one. Because if you wouldn't, then that means that there might not be as much demand for him as you think, and therefore he might not go up further than he currently is. Yeah, that's it, 100%. The other side to it as well is with, I mean, I'm not, not picking on Foden, but as we talk <laughs> about him, um, 
you, you've got to look at the only way you can justify that price is if he's going to be in, in the World Cup squad, which I don't think he is for, for a number of reasons. But when people are always always coming onto the index and saying that they're they're worried that they've that they've missed the boat, they can't see opportunities and stuff, it's like again, I, I don't own either of these two players, I'm just using it as an example, but Solanke and Abraham, they're both close to the England squad than Phil Foden is and they're both a good forty to fifty feet cheaper than than what he is type thing. So you either look at that and you think, oh, okay, well, Phil Foden's overpriced, or you think, oh, Abraham and Slanky are underpriced, and you've got, you've got to kind of use, I don't know, use your gut to, to make your, your decision, I guess. Yeah, I totally agree. I think also Tammy Abraham hit like nearly 160, didn't he, when he was in the England squad? Yeah. So as you just did say, that like English value, it just bumps those player prices up so much, especially, I mean, yeah. if Foden got into the England squad for the yeah, next nationals, he's, he'd fly, yeah. The same yeah. with Sancho, same with, um, I don't know, Reese Nelson. Loftus-Cheek's uh, Yeah, Loftus-Cheek like, as well. Like, I think that's that's kind of what happened. I I said, didn't I, in the, in the last podcast, um, and I recorded it, I think it was like the day after Loftus-Cheek had had that really good performance against Germany. Yeah, and... Yeah. He, he was coming in the next day at a pound and I said would he have come in at a pound if he hadn't had a man of the match performance and um, I just and, and there was um, another one as well that re- was it Will Hughes that was coming up um, yeah 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 and he just scored his first goal for Watford in his first start I think and he got his first yeah. assist and I was saying yeah. someone again would he have come in at one pound if he hadn't scored yesterday and I just don't think they would. I think some of the pricing by Football Index has literally been off the cuff. And yeah, to some extent, yeah. to some extent, I kind of understand it because what they're trying to do is they're trying to protect existing portfolios, right? If yep. Will Hughes put in a man <laughs> of the match performance and they bought him in at like 30p, that would have been a good, probably a good pound rise, really. He would have probably yep. gone like past a pound. And that's a, a lot of money going into that player. And yeah. um, I think a lot of people have said that yesterday's prices, yesterday's low, low prices haven't affected the existing holds in their portfolio. But if you go through the decreasing list, there's a lot of quite big names there. There's, you know, Dybala, there was Pogba, Fakir, Messi. So, yeah. I mean, it, whether you think it's affecting your portfolio or not, it's probably affecting someone's portfolio because... A hell of a lot of people have Messi if he's eight seventy five, and a hell of a lot of people have Dybala if he's five pounds. Hell of a lot of people have Fakir if he's three fifty. So it is affecting certain people's portfolios. So that's the balance that Football Index are trying to strike. And I genuinely think yesterday was some sort of experiment for them, trying to work out and probably look back at all the ones they've already done and and think about which uh which is the best tactic to employ when actually releasing these ipos yesterday personally for me um was it, it was a very good day um but just because just because i made a decent amount of money yesterday i wouldn't want that to be a regular thing from the windex because as if um if players continue to drop when they do all these cheap ipos saw what happened with the uncertainty of uh, with the uncertainty of penny stocks um it's 
people are going to start throwing money out of the top of the index and then people start panicking. So I, I think it's the, the good thing about a lot of people say that the, the players coming on are overpriced, but I think the people that are saying that have the intention of, of trying to buy low and, and just ship them off as, as soon as possible. At the end of the day, a lot of the players that are coming on at the prices that they are, they're very much at the price of you're only going to buy them if you think they're worth that amount of money. And at the end of the day, that's the way that Windex is for every other player on the index. So it shouldn't really be any different from any of the new players that are coming on. Mm. Yeah, I, I kind of echo a lot of what you said there. I think the way that they've priced them is that if you really want a player, you're going to pay that for him. And I've seen a lot of people on Twitter be like, bought 500 of him, paid quite high, don't really care because I want this player so badly. Yeah. The problem then becomes, the problem is then, you know, created that when Football Index do announce how these players can drop from their IPO prices, does that cause a mass panic or does that actually give those people who have that player a bit of comfort because it, it can't happen, you know, as I've described yeah. my blog, like manually or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's, you know, it's one of those things, I think. The IPO game currently is risky, but the reward is there. So yeah. the risk is justified to an extent. If you can make a lot of money on these mm. IPOs, do it. If you think you're going to be locked into a player, and it's happened to me before when they're like 45p and you literally can't get out of them because you can't instant sell and no one wants to buy them because there's zero demand for them, Yeah, that could happen again. It, it goes both ways. I think it's... It's never easy to make money in life in general, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of people are coming onto the index, seeing these massive portfolios. I think we probably saw the emails. I still haven't got one of those emails about how yeah. much profit people have made. Yeah. And, you know, outsiders and onlookers probably are, are probably astounded by this, thinking, like, what? how are, the, how are these people making this much money off yeah. This platform that isn't that, that big everyone thinks it's a scam yeah <laughs> everyone literally thinks it's it's too good to be true yeah. and when, when they actually do join they then have these unrealistic expectations of right i'm going to start with 50 quid and that's going to turn to five thousand pounds it doesn't really work like that if you can do yeah. if if like any investment or you could do that with 50 quid anywhere else in the world then like, i don't know like that's that's pretty mad congrats to you but it, it doesn't really work like that it, there's a lot of hard work involved you know the people who are now more experienced on the index are, are doing really well because they know how to trade on the platform and the people who are just joining have to quite you know they have to find their feet quite quickly otherwise yeah. they kind of get eaten up by you know a lot of hype fomo a lot of propaganda that's spread on twitter about certain players um, and they can just get gobbled up quite quickly but I think there there needs to be some sort of I think like more of a introductory phase from Football Index. I know they have the five hundred pound risk free, but maybe yeah. like ten or so videos that actually detail how it works because I just don't think it's explained well enough. I get so many people asking me questions like, "What's the difference between market and instant selling?" Yeah, yeah, and yeah. How is that not highlighted by Football Index? That's something yeah. I like plan to do once all the IPOs are out. Try and create a few videos. Or like a series of videos that actually is kind of like a beginner's guide like as in you've never seen it in your life before um 
kind of video series that is actually something that I can point to uh, rather than like answering these questions over and over again. Um, I often sometimes point people to the, you know, the Zendesk website for blindex.zendesk because that has quite a good FAQ where yeah. people can go through and like there's a lot of those questions that are answered by some people from football index and i think some traders as well but it's quite good i recommend anyone who hasn't looked at that to look at it yeah it's, it's funny you say that about the um the instant sell price and the, the go to market price um i saw some poor chap might have been yesterday or the day before um instant sold 100 harry kane and um, so I'm, i he probably didn't realize that he's probably costing himself about 30 to 40 quid it's just vanished out of his portfolio through through the instant sell spread and then the commission as well so like you said it's it's important that the traders know what they're doing with when they are making that decision whether they're going to instant sell or, or go to market because trades like that could put people off the mm. windex um completely if they if they're losing money and they don't understand why and they feel like they weren't informed then i agree it's, it's something that that, that, that needs to be um there needs to be some sort of onboarding process i guess because the one the one thing that the windex can't really teach is is it, i guess is how to how to make the decision and how to trade because the thing that's the thing that's unique about football index is that the community decide the rules really of of whatever players should go should go up and down so mm. it's it's difficult for them to to make recommendations on on who's a valuable player and who's not a valuable player. Um, because I, I remember a time that if, um, with, with Philip Coutinho um, in the summer, when he was constantly getting linked to Barcelona, his price just kept on going up and going up. But I remember, I remember a time when um, with a player got linked to, to a move abroad, they'd plummet. Mm, I mean, to, to, to piggyback on that point, if you remember, if you've been a, around long enough to remember Dimitri Payet going to Marseille, that yeah. was one where he had a massive price spike. And I don't know if it's, I think you probably go back and look at his all-time chart. He had a big price spike during January yeah. because he announced that he was leaving or, you know, uh, West Ham said that he was going to leave. Yeah. And then he just crashed and burned. When I think he went to seventeen p or something. I, I yeah. remember seeing um, Barry Coles on on Twitter saying that he picked some up for seventeen p. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> that's a good trade." <laughs> what a bargain that was! I mean, yeah. uh, if only I could go back. But um, yeah, no, that that was a crazy one. And now he probably would drop, but would he drop to that extent? And he probably even he'd probably have experienced an even bigger price spike because if he had moved to a bigger club, then his PB potential could potentially be, you know, increased a bit. I know he was playing fantastically for West Ham, but we tend yeah. to see those teams that have got more possession do yeah. a little bit better mm. on the, you know, scoring matrix. But, yeah, another one that went down loads once was um, Golo Kante, wasn't it? And I think yeah. um, did he hit yeah. like 12p or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, I missed that one as well. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, Jay, who's on, he's been on here before, the former trade of the month yeah. uh, geezer, very funny man. I think I remember him buying like about a thousand Golo Kante <laughs> at that time, and I was like, well, "What are you doing? Like, you're an absolute nutter! You've just thrown away like you know, what is that, like two hundred quid or whatever?" 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even that, like just over 100 quid on these 12p and Golo Kante and then you know it worked out really well for him I think when when Golo Kante won the PFA player of the year he was he was flying at one point and I'm not sure if um not sure if Jay kept throughout that whole series of events but it'd been amazing if he did because that was a that was a definite you know rags to riches kind of story yeah. where you you're buying on this thing that's like nearly died and then it's flown up so that yeah, was uh, pretty sure he went pretty sure he went above two pounds i think yeah incredible that would have been a, a mm. mad rise 12p to two yeah. pounds imagine <laughs> imagine imagine if uh so imagine if um some of these players actually came in at pennies because there was yeah. you know, formerly known as penny stocks imagine if phil foden came in at 2p yeah, funny that <laughs> um 2p to, to one pound 50 some rise yeah. that would have been imagine being the lucky geezer that got them at 2p imagine <laughs> Yeah, that's so, it. Um, so you've been on the index for how long did you say? So since December 2015, but I've only okay. really maintained it seriously since uh, I think February this year was when I when I pumped a decent, I say a decent amount, just like compared to others, it's not not huge amount. Mm-hmm. I think a couple of grabs I pumped in in um, in February, and the most the most of my own money that I've that I've ever had in, in the index is is four grand. And I, uh, it's actually good timing. This this podcast I actually hit ten grand profit yesterday. Oh, congratulations! So, um, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's funny because when you when you speak to people about the Windex and try and try and get people involved, like when when you tell people that you put four grand your own money into into essentially a a, a betting platform, um, they think you're mad. They look at you like you're like you're some sort of idiot, but. Uh, I guarantee hundred percent if you told them to go through their um their Skybet um transaction history over the last two or three years, if you're a regular if you're if you bet regularly and you're not horrendously successful then you you've, you've easily thrown away that amount of money anyway, type thing. Yeah. So yeah, for it's sure. Just, it's just because it's like it's like a brand new thing, isn't it? So it's just like yeah. a, a learning process. So what's your what's your main line of argument? What's your how do you persuade someone to, to join Football Index when you're talking to to them about it? Because, I mean, when when we were first when we'd first joined, I mean, I was I've been a member since January 2016. You yourself, December 2015. So we've been we're two of the early adopters. Mm. How do you do you find that you've you've had to speak to it to to a lot more people about it since then? Because I remember being at uni and. At first, when I joined, it was just me and my housemate. We didn't know anyone else who was on it. And then by the yeah. time I'd finished my degree, um, I was, you know, in the library and stuff, hearing people kind of chatting about it behind me. And I was like, well, that's pretty impressive. But word has actually spread. But... <laughs> that's cool. And then just after um, that, I was kind of like, you know, speaking to more and more people about it. I'd obviously made like a lot more money since I started. And yeah. trying to convince people to join is is really hard. And it, and it, like as you said it is a branding issue football index have that message where it's like the football index stock market right but then there's no explanation about it there's that i think there's that bridge that that you know that gap that needs to be bridged which is really hard to do from a branding perspective like football index is going to have to work really hard on that trying to actually explain to onlookers people that don't know what it is how it works and how you can make money in a short period of time and that's incredibly hard to do and something i'm you know fairly confident that they will sort out eventually but i think it's probably something that they're they're working on a lot 
it was it was towards the middle of the summer i think this year that um all of the performance buzz stuff got got pretty much confirmed from um from football index and i thought that obviously we know that opened up a, a huge amount of opportunities because all of a sudden whereas there was about 20 players that were valuable in the index everyone everyone became valuable um so that that was that was where i thought oh, this is an opportunity now for for me to be able to kind of recommend it to my mates because it's the whole fantasy football side of it is a little bit more like people are more understanding of that it's a little bit more appealing so um i got i got a few people on board but it ended up being a little bit unfortunate because it kind of it, it happened around the time where there was the infamous ac announcement on twitter that that caused the whole index to um to go into a little bit of a panic yeah, to, um, melt. To, des- to describe it mildly um <laughs> and i think out of the five people i brought on um i, I think four of them ended up leaving but thankfully mm-hmm. they didn't have a huge amount of money in there because i did say to them like get on there put in 50 quid 100 quid type thing learn about how it works and then once you're confident um back yourself um but <clears throat> i guess if they'd joined at another time it would have been it would have been a different story but when I was speaking to him about it, I kind of just said to him, like, try not to view it as a, um, although it is, it, at the end of the day, gambling, it is, it is betting. Try not to view it as, as a normal betting platform. It's like if, of, of those mates I spoke to, some of them, would, would, without thinking, they'd chuck 20, 30, 40 quid on a, on a five or six fold accumulator at a weekend type thing. Um, and I said to him, the difference with that is that when you lose your bet with the, with the bookmaker, um, your 30 or 40 quid has gone but if you if you chuck 30 or 40 quid on Dries Mertens and he has a he has a rubbish game and he goes down 10 or 20p your bet's not over there's still there is still that opportunity to to make that money back again and um, I, I don't know it's just kind of uh, I don't know how to describe it it's just kind of a completely different take on on betting and I think once people start to Get their heads around it and um, the platform's only going to continue to to grow and to prosper yeah i agree i think when something is as innovative as football index it's you know it takes time for it to to breach as i said breach that gap and the biggest problem they have at the moment is unfortunately trust people actually the onlookers trusting the platform and trusting you know the football index twitter community as well because we're having more and more people join as as you know as time goes on i've i think i gained like 50 60 followers in the last four or five days and i can only imagine that's because a lot of people have recently joined and we're seeing more and more different styles of football index twitter accounts like um a guy messaged me the other day about him creating like a football index twitter polls account and i was like fair play i never thought about that I hope it goes well for you it could mm. you know people could interact with that quite a lot but i think it's quite refreshing seeing all these different takes on how people can add value to the football index twitter community because i think you've done it by like giving advice to people and obviously posting quite regularly and yeah i like a stat yeah yeah you do like a stat. <laughs> i was gonna say, I was gonna say you, you you've thrown out some quite interesting 
statistics, I think, especially to do with like um, buzz yields over a certain period of time, um, yeah. which are quite interesting. So, I mean, if you haven't followed for the index LDM, by the way, do so. He's uh, He's been on it for a long time and he knows what he's talking about and he can give you some advice as well. But yeah, I think it's, um, and also that recent influx of, of fancy users as well. I don't know if you've had any like fancy accounts follow you recently, but I've, I've yeah, kind of noticed 100%. that. And yeah. it's, it, that's, that's a really good thing as well. A big positive because once football index shift from being known as like a, a strictly a gambling platform, even though they are one mm. to an extent, they're not in the way that William Hill Bet365, yeah, yeah. yeah, the orthodox industry currently. And because you do need a, a level of skill to actually make money on it. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, when you get used to it and you're really experienced, you, you, you kind of say to yourself, oh, it's really easy. But we quickly forget how hard it was when we started. And we also quickly yeah. forget those massive losses we've all taken. I don't, I don't think I've met anyone on Football Index who hasn't had like a, a nightmare with a player before. Yes, it's really you know it's really rare to find someone who's had it plain sailing the whole time so i mean i always say like it's not easy when you start do your research even if you do put like 20 quid in at the start and you're buying like one of a player just to test out kind of the price action seeing what drives players and if you are actually right in buying those players at that prices and then you move on to 10 futures and then 15 and then 30, 50. And eventually when you get to those big numbers, the hundreds, the 200s, the 500s, the thousands, yeah. if you're a nutter, that's when the real money starts coming in. Because when you do back yourself to that extent, as you were saying earlier, you can make a hell of a lot of money. But you need to learn about it first. Then you need to have that level of experience because I haven't met that many people who have joined Football Index and then made a substantial, crazy amount of money straight away. So those yeah. expectations, I think, need to be, you know, revisited by people who are joining recently. But I, I still think you should be ambitious. I still think if you, if you want to put a grand in and say, I want to have three grand by this time next year, then that's doable on Football Index. That's the thing. It, it's totally yeah. doable. But that's, that one grand isn't going to turn into three grand in your bank account. And you're not going to be able to just, well, you could, you could just let it sit in football index, but you're going to have to work for it as well. You're going to have to do some heavy research. You're going to have to be very calm, calculated, very patient as well. And you're going to have to develop some tactics that you can employ and some strategies that you can use to actually make a lot of money on it. So that kind of aspect of it to me is, is slightly worrying more and more people coming on and thinking they could just make a fortune straight away. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Because obviously you, you as well, yeah. you've, you've gotten a lot of people to join and yeah. you've probably seen that kind of crazy expectation when someone says, is it enough to start with £200? Because it's all relative, isn't it? It depends how, you much yeah. you want, how much you want to make. If you want to make, if you want to turn £200 to £1,000 in three years, you can do that easily on Football Index, quite comfortably. Yeah. But if you want to turn it into £20,000, that's going to be a bit harder. Yeah, 100%. So that this the thing that kind of encouraged me to um, to go big was what you were saying before. It was first off, you start out buying tens, twenties, thirties, and that's that is what I was doing um, in in February. I've I've always had fairly diverse portfolio and, and spread 
spread my money around so that if if one player does plummet, I don't get hit too hard type thing. But the point I was actually going to make is that there were so many times where I was picking up 20 or 30 of a player and then their price was increasing um, by 30 or 40 pence. And I was, I was making about six or eight pounds on that player. And I just kept on thinking, oh, if, if I'd just gone, if I just backed myself and I'd just gone a little bit bigger, I could have actually made a, a, a an amount of money that would actually kind of make a bit of a difference to me. So if time and time again, when it kept happening, I was just like, okay, I've got, got to take the plunge, put a little bit more money in, uh, moved a bit of money around and and then started buying in 50s and eventually 100s and et cetera, et cetera. It just kind of snowballs from there. Um, but it's just a case of if, I'm in a, I'm in a Twitter group chat and there's, there's a few guys in there, there's so many times they just say, um, oh, I saw I saw that player at at one pound fifty. I was never buying, but now he's two pounds type thing. It's like nine times out of ten, or maybe not nine times out of ten, but quite regularly on football index. If you've got a gut feeling and you you you've got good reasoning behind a player having a potential to rise, you sh- you need to if you want to make the serious amount of money that you see other people making. You need to back yourself. You can't. You can't just flitter in with with ten and, and ten and twenty futures type thing. Um, you need to. I don't know. Like I said, back yourself and and trust the gut instinct that you have because more often than not, you're going to get rewarded. The main thing for me is the worst thing you can do, and it's kind of a bit hypocritical saying that, because we've been saying before that. Um, there's lots of good Twitter accounts that you can follow to get advice and stuff. But at the same time, don't be a sheep because that is where I've made that mistake in the past. And the the places where I tend to have lost uh, lost money or not made as much money as I could have done is where I've jumped on a bandwagon. Sometimes it can work out, sometimes it doesn't. But quite often if you... If you do your own research, you see a player drop a bit and you think he's just dropped for no reason, violins to him type thing, um, you, you tend to be rewarded more. Yeah, no, I uh, I totally agree. And I think a lot of people, another perspective they have of it is that when someone does buy 500 features of a player and it works out really well, you only ever see the ones out, the ones that work yeah. out really well. You never see the ones where... That's it. They drop twenty p and you've lost yourself, you know, a hundred, hundred or so quid or whatever. I've actually got a friend on Football Index who, and this is someone I know from like school and uni. Um, we we actually both started at the same time. He actually buys players as like a sterling amount. Like he buys them, in so if he wants like Deli Ali, he'll be like, I want a hundred pounds worth of Deli Ali rather than I want. Yeah, I don't know how many futures? Yeah. It'd be like twenty twenty five futures, right? Um, yeah. Off the top of my head, I don't know what price he's about. Four pounds. No. Um, yeah. So, so like it, it is one of those things, isn't it? You, there are different ways of doing it. You can, you can do what my friend does and and just you know, get it, get it done by the you know the pound, not by how many futures you have. And it's it's an yeah. interesting tactic that I've not really seen employed by anything else. That anyone else, yeah. sorry, is a uh, bit of a strange bloke to be fair so <laughs> but um but yeah no w- with your 
piggybacking on your like 20 30 40 future point that's kind of what i tried to do with the the bank builder series i put on on youtube and i was the whole intention of that series which i'll try and start up again at some point was to like actually show people you can make money with a you know small bank account or small bank balance and that you don't need to go ham and buy like a thousand futures of a player to make hundreds of pounds because i turned a hundred pounds into you know 320 pounds in like in in like six episodes or whatever when i wasn't really constantly trading on it i was just doing it episode by episode trying to make that next money for for the next episode to show people what i've been doing and yeah. uh i mean i think when a, a few more ipos come out i'll uh i'll try and start that one up again yeah i'll probably yeah as i said before do some more beginner type videos because i think it's really important to try and integrate those people who join as quickly as possible and it is hard yeah it is really hard to explain someone how to make money on football index because if i can't do it to my friends in person yeah think about how difficult it is to do via twitter yeah 100%. and it's probably a little bit easier doing it via this podcast or doing it via my videos but it's still really hard and that is a big problem that we have is the difficulty in explaining how football index works but the, the good side of that i know the flip side of that but is when you do start understanding it that is when you have the potential to make a ridiculous amount of money to be frankly honest um because you know as, I, as we were talking about before the the kind of lines of argument that we've given to our friends is we've made x amount of money from y amount of deposits and they're like that's ridiculous it must be a scam it's too good to be true etc etc and then you have to have like a 20 minute battle with them explaining (laughs) explaining what drives prices why prices increase etc etc and then it just becomes a massive war really and then they think that you're just trying to get them to join so you can get that 10 pound joint sign up bonus i don't need need a 10 pound sign up bonus (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly like um, (laughs) that that is a funny one as well that i find the 10 pound deposit bonus thing hilarious because when you see like a big account post about football index and you just see people spamming spamming their referral links on the comment section i'm always like you do know we're trying to make football index look better and less like like some sort of um some sort of scam yeah you're just posting your referral code i think someone did it to one of my statuses once and i kind of messaged him and said listen like i appreciate like you're trying to spread the message but i don't think that's the way to do it and also i don't appreciate you making money off my tweet that that is <laughs> something i don't really like so uh yeah, a little cheeky. I, yeah very cheeky i was like sorry mate but uh you're gonna have to delete that one and it was someone that regularly like comments on my statuses and stuff and uh i was like wow he's, he's really tried it on there but it was uh, it was quite funny we had a bit of a laugh back afterwards so there wasn't any hard feelings but i found that one really funny mm. and to be you know to be frankly honest there there has been a lot more big accounts actually spreading their referral con- uh, referral codes i think we've seen a few fancy football massive accounts with like 10,000 30,000 followers trying to spread the message and yeah. i kind of had a conversation with someone about this the other day and i'll i'll ask you your opinion about it i'll ask you the question do you, do you think that makes football index look better because they are continue continually pushing this referral code out 
and they're spreading the message or do you think it makes it look you know is it slightly detrimental because they're continuously posting the same thing i personally think that those accounts could actually probably get more people to sign up if they started interacting with the football index twitter community started posting you know their their buys or some of their trades like yeah. i think ben dinnery has been done a really good job i had him on yeah. a pod i think it was the fourth episode or whatever he's he's really good at like actually incorporating the football index side of things into his existing injury analytics so he'll be like oh ross barkley's back in x amount of weeks and then he might yeah. comment comment under it after a day or so and be like oh i actually bought like 40 futures or whatever at this price because i know he's he's coming back quite soon so i don't know what are your thoughts do you think do you think they should interact more with the twitter community or do you think it's you know as long as it's getting the name out then that's fine they should 100% interact more with Twitter, with the Twitter community, and give them a reason to. Um, I don't, I don't see a problem with the, um, with the promotion itself, because at the end of the day, if you look at uh, all of the other bookmakers, um, they all do their, their sign-up bonuses, don't they? But um, I agree, it does, it does get a little bit spammy sometimes, um, and. To be honest with you, because this is, if if there was there was twenty um, football stock markets, then you could probably get away with with just tweeting out your your referral, but because it's because it's brand new, it well it's two years old. But it's still, for me, it's still it's still growing. When consider, yeah, well, yeah. When you when you consider how many people have, have probably heard of it or not heard of it. Um, it's, it's still in its infancy type thing, but as it's as it's brand new, you do need people to you need, you do need to give people a reason to um, to sign up. And at the end of the day, like you might might feel a little bit good about yourself getting two or three referrals, but if those people don't stay on the index, it's it's better for you in the long run that they're engaged from the start and actually stick it out. Yeah, I totally um, agree. Totally agree. Because otherwise. It's okay, cool. You make ten pound here or there, but like we we both know the amount of ways to make money off the index. You shouldn't be wasting your time on posting out your referral code. Yeah, yeah. I think um, whenever people DM me and they haven't joined Football Index, I, I do ask them to use my referral code. I'm not really like ashamed to say or or do. Oh yeah, that. but I, I do yeah. I do say to them like, you know, I'm going to be making like X amount from this, and you're going to be making Y amount from this. Uh, it's mutually beneficial, but also, if you do use my code, like, you know, you can you can message me anytime and ask me any questions, um, and it, you kind of feel like you're giving back to that person to some extent because you're helping them join and helping them find their feet. And it's, uh, I mean, it feels a bit better. Maybe I'm just um, making myself feel better about that <laughs> by helping people. Um, but yeah, no, I th I think it it works quite well when you do it that way and yeah. if you are actually adding value basically back to the football index twitter community which i think you've you've done really well actually you've been one of yeah, the yeah. accounts i've followed since the start but i think we are getting on a bit actually LDN. we're 40 minutes plus and i had a few people in a poll that i did the other day say that it might have been slightly too long the last episode which chat you know, day, mate. <laughs> yeah which uh yeah no that was uh that was a good chat with our football index but we went on 
several tangents, a bit of poker, a bit of uh, general life problems. But I will end it there. And yeah, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, do do that. And if you are enjoying it, do leave a review. It will help us, you know, rank the podcast higher and get that football index name out there a bit more. And it will be, a, you know, get some more people on the index and follow me on Twitter as well and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And LDN, you can sign off. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Cheers. <laughs> Short but sweet. Pleasure having <laughs> you on, mate. Thanks yeah, very much cheers. for listening, everyone.